Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the build-up show. Liverpool back in Premier League action this weekend, traveling down to Cardiff on Sunday for the 4 o'clock kickoff to face Neil Warnock. Ah, oh, Neil Warnock. Um, Ross Chanley, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm from last night. Too. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, you can see it in my blurry eyes. Um, it's, we, we, we joke about this, we just finished recording the final word show from the Porto game. I can't quite get my head around the fact that we've... Cause the Champions League stuff, we've been joking. Semi-seriously, the Champions League has been a bit of a welcome distraction. And in so much as I've always felt like we had a, we've got a good handle on Europe, so I, I just I don't have any fears around Europe because if you if you go through it's amazing. If you get knocked out, well, get into the quarters and oh, semis. It's just a good just a good thing, isn't it? You know, it's it, you know it's still a, it's still a good return. Um, I now I can't not think about the Champions League. <laughs> it's like that's all of a sudden become my major focus. I'm thinking about Barcelona. I'm dreaming of, of Madrid, and now I'm like, oh God, we've got a league title to win, <laughs> you know. And um, I, I, you know, this is a this is the reality of our situation. We've got to go to Cardiff. We're going to go and get three points on the board. It's board. like having a double addiction, isn't it? I've just like constantly needing a fix of one thing and then and having the other one. Yeah. Um, it's been emotional for about. Eight months, <laughs> I think, hasn't it? Going like everything's been more swim, we can't afford to drop and do this. But you know, again, on the final word, we spoke about the maturity of this team. And again, don't be cocky or arrogant, but you know, you've got confidence in that team now that you, you kind of trust them to go and go, go and do a job. I think you can caveat that with the fact that you know, Cardiff are fighting relegation, so you kind of accept to get the game. But ultimately, there's a reason why they're so far down. Bitter's decisions going against Neil Warnock, which he fucking hates. But <laughs> well, yeah, unfair play to be. To, but to be you know, the, the difference in quality, and, you know, should be enough for Liverpool. That's not to say you know it's our right to go and win this game, but you know, you you trust that that Liverpool side, whoever he plays now, because you know, this you can pick from fifteen players, and you'd be happy with any of them at this point. <laughs> that's the, that's a really interesting point for this. That's why it does bode well, if nothing else, Bailey. Is that. Mm. We've referenced it a couple of times recently. At this point of the season, we're normally going to this game and we're like, who are our 11 fit players? How do we cobble together a side that we, that's good enough to just get us over the line here? Whereas we're now in a situation, and look, things can happen in the next couple of days. You know, we, there's, there's plenty of training to be had and what have you. So we don't know that everyone's going to be fit or what have you. But regardless... There's still, you know, we we, we saying we put Divock Origi in for a Champions League quarter final and no one's heads fell off. Nope. 
you know, so even if we went to this game and something, but Divacarigi has to start this game again, we'd probably be fine with it. If Lalana has to start this game, we'd be fine with it. If Genie starts, if if Kater starts, if Hendo starts, we've got a fully fit options, and not just not just that. We've got a load of players who are all in good form mm. that we've got a squad to pick from at the business end of the season. It's, that's one thing that, that Liverpool haven't had for so long is like just freedom of choice in which you're not really ever settling for less Like with any of the players you put in, especially when the likes of Henderson and Naby Keita who were like, I said to Ross yesterday, like forgotten men sort of yeah. through the middle of this season. It was their subpar. Keita needs another season to get involved. Henderson could be moved on potentially sort of mm. with, the, with the form he was in. And like you said, the business end of the season where it matters both of these guys have picked up and said, I want to be a first name on the team sheet, not just the end of this season, but the start of next season, yeah. when we inevitably build on from there. But there's not there's not one name, apart from obviously maybe Mignolet and Daniel Sturridge. There's not really... There's, there's the Mignolet, Moreno, Sturridge. Yeah. And even trifecta. to be fair, the Sturridge thing. Like, Daniel Sturridge, John, is still good. He still scored goals for us. Mm. It's Paris Saint-Germain for us this season. For God's sake, you know, he scored a world against Chelsea. The, you know the Moreno, the, the Moreno Mignolet thing are probably the, are probably the two really aren't they? But I say other than that, you take take your pick. And it's funny because I, I actually know what preferred 11s we've gone with, and they're all basically <laughs> the same size. But you know the point I'm kind of making there is that is that if Jurgen wants to do something different, if he wants to to rest and rotate, if he wants to try something different, I mean, we've not even thought like Jaden Jakiri, like yeah. he's forgotten he exists. We could check, we could play. There's like three different formations we could play, and there's about fifteen or sixteen different lads we could put in, and largely not have a not have a significant drop off in quality. You know, you want to you want to be able to change and rotate your squad and, and pick your team from a position of strength, and you're never going to have a, a better position than having most of your team fit and firing. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're all fit, which is the first thing, it's the most important thing. But also, a lot of the lads, you know, at each other, you know, I'd say. An indifferent first half last night, but you know, by and large, this cameos this season have been really good. So all the lads we've got on the bench, maybe short of Shakiri, are in a, in a bit of form as well. So, you know, whatever team he picks tomorrow at the weekend, sorry, where you know if it doesn't work after twenty or you know gives it to the half time thing, whatever, he can he can start thinking about well, okay, I've got him. Do I put him there and move Salah out wide or whatever? You know, having those options this late in the season is not something that. Any other manager, I think, in the division at the minute, really got other than maybe Guardiola. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's um, the Jordan Henderson thing, Ross. You know, it's 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 mental. You go back four games, and it, it was just just ums and ahs and the groans that we've heard from the usual suspects around around Jordan Henderson. And now we're looking at it now. We, we you know we we people are saying he's not getting games in the Champions League because Klopp doesn't Klopp doesn't think he's good enough to. We're now resting him in Champions League games because he's become so very important to us and he, he's playing like an absolute man reborn he's playing like a man who is who's actively out to avenge the you know the uh, us falling short in 13-14 yeah it's mad the, the, the evolution of this team just from last season in a short, short space of a year you know you talked about the you know, depth there we got to the Champions League final last year but we played the same 11 for the, the remainder of the season yeah. now we've got those options and it's credit to Klopp he's, he's backroom staff and Fabinho, I think, who's kind of solidified that defensive midfield role that's allowed Henson ultimately to kind of, you know, don't need the pocket thing, but he's unlocked Henderson as needs to be able to come and be free and kind of do what he wants. He's, he's expressed himself the way that he could do in 13, 14. He, he had to go and do a job, and it's it's almost as if he was always a good player. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, but he had a job to do. It wasn't the prettiest job. It was a shit job. It's the same thing that G does that still gets the credit for. Yeah. And he's, you know, we always joke about... Do you think he gets the credit for it? Because... He shoves his ass at someone. Well, yeah, but we bought him as a winger. Mm. 
And you know, he came, he came as a winger to Liverpool, and then we played him in a more, you know, box to box, all these great. And then in the biggest game of our lives in the, in the Etihad last season, in the quarterfinals, we played him on his own in the six, and he absolutely handled it. I think you know he did it in the derby as well, didn't he? Around that, and he managed to handle it, and we've loved him kind of ever since. Whereas you know, the right Jordan Henderson doesn't get it because well, his middle name's Brian, and he's oh. from <laughs> he's from Sunderland. I think, and he and he and you know and. Because he didn't hit the ground running his first year, there's always fans who were going to, you know, there's an older generation of fans who were on his back. Same way with the Lucas thing. You'll just never win some people over. But he was 13, 14, and around that era, he was fucking class. I still and, maintain the reason we never won is because he got sent off against yeah. City and we, and we missed him that much. But, yeah. um, you know, he's been unleashed into a position that he, he can do. And, you know, it's credit to him as well because he's under so much pressure as the captain. I think the biggest problem he's had, which he could. It's true that you could beat him with his consistency and his form, mm-hmm. which is the odd game where he has been subpar in, in that defensive midfield role. But maybe that's a tactical thing where he's kind of been overrun and his performances haven't been good enough. Now he's changed his role and his form at the same time. I think that, I think the the, the the captaincy thing is and, and the role that he's kind of playing Bailey is, is important because he's got that. You've got to try and prove yourself. You're trying to prove yourself in the hardest position to prove yourself on the field. And now look, I'll caveat that with. Fabinho hasn't had any problems convincing us that he's really, really good in it. But mm. again, he just looks like a man, an absolute natural born fit for for that role on the pitch for us. But Henderson's being given the the the, the reins to 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 do it, you know, to, to to empower himself to go and take it on. You know, when he he's been playing within himself, you know, we've seen he's got he's had the pass, he's got the range of passing in him, in him and what have you. You just don't get the op- the, the thing that that made Jordan Henderson. Was always his engine. It was always his work rate. It was always mm. the willing runner. It was always the support. It was getting around the pitch. What he wasn't allowed, the thing that made him him, he wasn't allowed to do from that position. And now yeah. we're, getting, we're getting into a point of the season now where he, he just looks like he's loving his football. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think the thing with Jordan Anderson is like we've we've all on this show all said that we really like Jordan Anderson. You're always caveating that with sort of. Ah, he's just reliable, you know. Like yeah. he, he does his same job, he does his job fine. Whereas now, like it was always the other players that came out and said he's the captain because he does everything he does behind the scenes. Like he's so We've good behind the scenes. We've never been sat here looking to counter the arguments of Jordan Henderson's fucking shit yeah. with no, he's not. He's world class. Yeah. None of us have ever no. been have, have ever been picking that sword up and running into that battle. Mm-hmm. All we ever wanted was to just sit down in the middle of the battlefield and have a little go and go. He's fine, isn't he? Mm. He's all right, isn't he? He's a per- he's a perfectly serviceable footballer, but actually, funnily enough, you know, I'm not going, still not going down that end. But he's getting to show that he's be- he's better than fine. That's what I mean. Yeah, like it's it's the fact that it, we were coming out of all of the players behind the scenes really like him as a captain. So well, something must be right. But now he's come out, scored one goal and three assists in his last four games, yeah. and he's come out and he's proven to people why he's the captain. And and it, it's so nice for me that it happened to him, like because yeah. he's. One, this team's full of passion players. You see how much it means to the club. But when John Henderson scored that goal at Southampton, that was a cut above. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the level that meant to him. He's been through three managers at this club. He's the longest serving servant still here. Yeah. And it's it, it would be a dream come true if he could lift just a piece of silverware yeah. with, with his football club. Uh, football club, great football club. Sorry, um, are, are littered with lads who weren't the best in the absolute world that they're given on their given day who are. It were an integral part of those good sides, mm. helped make those sides tick, but they weren't the one that sold all the shirts. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Man United side that, that was that dominated in the 90s was all about Eric Cantona for those couple of, couple of years when they became the dominant force. 
but it was filled with Brian McClare's and it was filled with, you know, at the end of the day, the latter days of Mark Hughes and it was filled with all these, you know, it had unfashionable players in it. You know, we always laugh about, we talk about the golden generation at Man United, you know, the, 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 the class of 92 or whatever. That, and everyone goes on about Beckham and Giggs. Rooney and Ronaldo. And ultimately Rooney and Ronaldo, but that particular batch of players, Nicky Butt was in that. Mm-hmm. And you know, Phil Neville was in that. And no one thinks about them as being class, but they were all there and part and, and, part, and, part, and, part, and parcel of the, of the whole thing. thing, isn't it? You, know, so you need three, three lads to play the piano and seven to carry it or something, he said. Yeah. And, it's like, and it's true, you need someone like a Jordan Henderson who's, you know, who's willing to sacrifice maybe part of his game for the rest of the team to, to let people like Salah, Firmino and Mane shine. But, you know, uh, touching on what Bailey was saying about like his mentality and stuff, I think that's such a big thing for us. I think as as a fan base, but as a team as well, kind of like the the release for him at Southampton. Seeing that, I think like you know, it's it's one thing to be professional, you know what I mean. But that you know, enthusiasm is is infectious. So for him to suddenly be going into training and mm. still get still doing all the right things, you know, giving hundred percent, but suddenly being like fucking hell, like I, I can't wait to get back out there. Now, yeah. That's got to be a, a great boon for for the squad to have this late in the season. We, we, I don't know, it happens to us in, in various stages of our lives in different situations. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen to people, but you, you can engineer a situation in life where you have to put your money where your mouth is. And you, so you might say to someone, maybe it's your bosses in work or it's friends or whatever. It could be a daft situation as like, you know, you're playing a, a game of footy in the, in the park or you're having a game of pool. You, you've got to step up and represent and you say, I've, I've got this, everyone. Don't worry, I've got it. And then when you to then go and do that and deliver on it is the absolute best feeling in the world. It's, yeah. up, it's up there. You know, I've had that happen before to me. People who said, "No, you can't. You shouldn't do this. You should stick within your stay within your wheelhouse. Do these things. Don't do it." And when you get to go, no, uh, you know, I'm, and and to be honest, I'm not. I'm not. This sounds like a big myself. It's not. But in the Jordan Henderson situation, lesser men would cower under that, and lesser men would go, "You know what? Maybe you're right." But like you know, it's it's the define defining quality between people who make legends of themselves and mm. people who just tick along by is that they, they that they get to that crossroads in their life and they go, no, I'm gonna back myself. And not only do they say it, they then go and put the performances in to, to back it up. And it feels like Jordan Henderson is in that spell. Yeah, he, he can't have done that. Like especially at this time of the season, like you say, it's the fact that he's he could have called away and said. I'll play the six, and I'll, and I'll, I'll take this sort of boring style of. Yeah, football. I'll sit in rotation for being young. We'll take one for the yeah. team. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be the third choice captain thing. of this yeah. team. But but he he put the hammer down and said, and he he laid his sort of his reputation on the line. And yeah. instead of playing safe, he put he sort of went balls to the wall and said, I can play this. And, and he's put himself into a position of the field where we've spent. But we're spending big money to yeah. improve. You know, yeah. he's losing a position after one big money player. I know he's actually now playing in the side with Naby Keita, but you take the point. You mm. know, we we tried to buy Naby Fakir in the summer. We we we've got Oxley Chamberlain, who we've bought to play in that position. We if there's a good chance that having missed out on Fakir last summer, we will still go back in for someone this summer and spend yeah. spend big money on getting a guy who can do that. So he's just entered an area of the pitch where if you want to play for Liverpool, you've got to get goals and assists. There's a lot of footballers out there who haven't got the ability to do that at the top level. Yep. I think the more man you mentioned there, Nabil Fakir hasn't helped him at all because everyone was so focused on him and kind of research, watched the YouTube videos, gone, there's a creator. And then Jordan Henson wasn't doing that. Mm. But we also changed our style of system completely. So I always recently, by the past week, have rephrased what Klopp said to you, you know, uh, attack wins your games, defence wins your titles. Mm-hmm. But he's had a job to do. And I think you get when you get caught up in it, you... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Can't process the thought of people that are already there, might have been there for three, four years, are still able to develop. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, name me one person that starting, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, that hasn't developed on Jürgen Klopp. He's done it himself. Yeah. And people go, they, they, again, the, the creative side of things, people wanting to be the, the Gerard of pinging balls left, right, and centre. He doesn't do that because his job in the six was to break down play, recycle it, and pass it to someone else. And, and then free kicks and corners. But then, but then it's, it's the wingers that are the creators or the fullbacks right, that are I, the creators, and that's not his job. I, I think Carragher's point on it on the footy Monday night footy this week, where he said like you know, it, it, you know everyone's kind of saying about the, he's gone to the manager and said I want to do this, this, and this. It, it, it wasn't, and it wasn't that. It was the fact that he, he, he come on, he brought him off the bench, and he's proven he's proven him right. You know, it, it goes back to what you're saying about the sensible thing. You know, he's played for three different managers, and you know, four of you including England as well with Southgate. Who, who all back him and all say, and you know, and Gary Neville back and Carragher up on him and I've, I've chamber him, he's a phenomenal professional, great footballer, great talent. You know, there's a reason he's in the team, there's a reason he's around the squad, there's a reason, you know, out of everybody, you know, who was in the squad at the time when Gerard went, that they said he's the captain, you know what I mean? And like you say, I think we've all asked as, you know, as supporters of him, you know, people who yeah. enjoy him and say, we, we're not trying to say he's world class, we're just trying to have a sense you know of chat it, about it, him. But it's opportunity, isn't it? And that's the thing. Sometimes you don't get the opportunity to prove a point one way or the other. And I think of it, I think of it's like the FSG out stuff, because there's a lot of actually crossover in the people who are still into the FSG out and people who like Jordan Henderson, is that you've got to kind of see the bigger picture and you've got to wait for a plan to. To, to kind of to kind of bear out and things don't always have to stay the, the way that they are and I remember when the early days when we were selling we were letting Pepe Reina go and Dirk Kaut go and, and it looked and people were calling it, it's an asset strip and it's like 
It feels like that, but we, because effectively we've got loads of lads who are earning far too much money for the talent that they have and what we're able to what they're able to deliver on the pitch, etc., etc. So we had to strip it all back, and then we had to build it up again and go from there. And now we're at a point where no one, no one question, really questions Liverpool's ownership anymore because why? How, why would they? Yeah, why, yeah. Why, why would you do it? And that, that's because we had to wait for things to drop into place because you can't do it all in, in, in one go sometimes it's not within your power to fix things o- overnight and as much as we demand that from modern football because of the 24 hour news cycle because we need to have the answers to every question because we can get the answers to every question within three seconds at the palm of our, at the palm of our hands we demand everything instantly and sometimes things take a little bit slower a little bit longer to come to the boil Modern Liverpool fans and or the modern minge bag Liverpool fans, the Twitter football fans, etc., etc., would have hated Jamie Carragher. The, Jamie Carragher would never have been a <laughs> Liverpool player if it was down to Twitter. Steven Gerrard would have done the heads in. They would, you know, he's injury prone. Don't back him. Blah blah blah. There's so many things that we we now accept as being boss because they were allowed to grow into being into being boss. And that's you know it's, it's something we need a balance we need to strike better a bit more trust that we need to bring back into there, our lives. There, there is and there's always a ton of revisionism as well. It, it's weird with the Henderson things. I think you know people people were saying you know the comparison maybe to Lucas that like there's some people you're never going to win over. But I think most people now if you asked about Lucas would say yeah. kind of like what a servant. And it was the same thing with Cout. Loads of people didn't yeah. like Cout when he yeah. played for us, and yeah. now he's, he's fucking brilliant. And you know. And, It'll probably will happen with Henderson. And that's Luis that. Garcia, people hated Garcia. Yeah. Hated Garcia. Because he was just dead. He was just he just turned into trouble. He'd give the ball away constantly. But now you get to look back at him and remember his goals and look at all the good things he did. It's you're right, revisionism's the funny the funny thing is that you don't nostalgia plays a massive part. And that's the thing I've always been saying about this squad and some of these players. If Liverpool, the finals that Liverpool have gotten to in one game of football, you can just lose one game of football. If we'd won any of those finals along the way, these lads, the Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson would have been captain in like you know, a captain of three pieces of software or whatever in, in, in his time. Uh, what like League Cup, Europa, Europa League, League, Champions League. League. And he'd be down there because, like, people don't. There's a generation we could go Phil Neal, Phil Neal. Not Phil Neal was class, but I don't know. I never watched Phil Neal week in, week out. I couldn't tell you how, how good he was, but I unilaterally accept him as being medal winner. Medal, well, yeah, yeah, because serial, they were serial medal winners for Liverpool at the time. Anyway, Cardiff. Um, <laughs> um, it's all well and good. I think to, you know, we got through the, the, the last three. Ross, um, you know, we talked about them being our really tough spell. City now entering their really or now right in the midst of their really really tough spell. It's for it's it's all for naught that thinking. If you can't go and put Cardiff to bed, what? There's no point in Hugo Lloris throwing one in. There's no point in a late turnaround at Southampton. There's no point in getting the you know putting that great performance in against Chelsea if you then can't go away to Cardiff and get the business done. No, the um, it comes out to mentality again. Of this this team, yeah, we did it against Fulham. And just so many. Scenarios that have happened where you know this Liverpool team just come back and go actually we're not having this. Yeah. Southampton being one of them, you know Burnley, Fulham, Tottenham again, you know even even the Champions League stuff of going Porto are a really good side now. Now all right four one please thanks yeah. thanks very much. You know Cardiff again I said before you know the, the batting relegation I think the result uh, against Brighton may have helped our case. Mm-hmm. I think there was arguments for both sides, but you know if you look at the fixtures that. They've got left, and the fixes that Brighton got left. You kind of fancy Cardiff to kind of come out of it, and it's not going to be a case where they'll take the foot off the gas and think we can afford to lose to Liverpool. But they will fancy getting points from the ring fixes that they've got. And Brighton have got Wolves away, Spurs away, Newcastle home, Arsenal away, and City at home. 
that's fucking difficult. Yeah, there's a big there's a big opportunity here, John. I think that we have a pool up in very, and I, I don't necessarily think we'll change our game plan for this, but we, we're very good at just feeling a game off for 45 minutes. If we if we we're not like set up to not score goals, but we don't go for it because we trust that we'll win a 90 minute game of football. Mm-hmm. We'll trust that our fitness and our foot and our, and our class will will see us out in in the second half of games. There is a value in this one of trying to get this one early and put to bed because. Don't Cardiff will be up for the fight, you know. Old old Colin Wanker will have them up up for it big time. If we give them a sniff, I think you know that they'll 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 fight tooth and nail for this. But there'll be no expectation on them. To, this is not three points that they're looking at as a banker or looking at as, as as guaranteed for survival. It's nothing but a bonus. We could do with just put, shutting the door on that. You get a couple of goals in this, and I, and that's you know you, I think they'll I think they'll start to be thinking about the battles they've got that lie ahead. Yeah, very much so. I think, like you know, the, the ideal result for us, like you say, is, is for us to go score a couple, and, and 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 you know, after twenty minutes, thirty minutes, the game's a non-contest. But you know, pe- people like Warnock and Dice, the, the narrative they want to sell, you know, in any sense, in any game, of football is you know, plucky Cardiff, plucky Burnley, whoever, you know, taking on this team and all this money and stuff and all these resources, and, and we've done them one nil by being resilient, and that's that's we can't play into that, and I don't think we will. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think there's much there's much danger of that, but it's it's. In a weird way, I think it, it, it might always be like a bit of a relief this game because it's it, it's it's like you say it, it feels like such a, a different challenge compared to some of the stuff we've had to do. You know, where we've had to fight tooth and nail for some of these games. It feels like we, it's one where we can go up and go. Look, we're just better than you, and you know, you know, with the best will in the world. You know, this is a championship level squad, and we're just better. And you know, fair enough. Yeah, fingers crossed for all that. Um, right, you'll have seen by now, of course, that Liverpool's home shirt for the uh, 2019-20 season is out. It's right there. I uh, I really like that. Um, as ever, I mentioned this in a few different places. You can get it. Uh, you can obviously pre-order it right now. We have an affiliate scheme with with Liverpool, which means that we get a little bit of dough when you order it through our link. We'll put the link in the description underneath. Um, and it basically makes Ross look like he's doing a really good job as well. So do it for do it for Ross. Do it for Chandler. Do it for Ross. Absolutely. Um, get commission this year as well. What? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> That's. Oh, no, that was good. Do it for Ross. Do it for Ross and make him make him look like a good man. But yeah, I say you know I don't know how it works, but if you order it through through the link, we get a little bit of cash and it helps you know helps with the channel and helps with all this kind of lovely environs that we have. So uh, preferred elevens then, uh, as we discussed a little bit earlier on, um, I think these are all going to be pretty similar. But John, I'll, I'll come to you first on this. Talk us through your one to eleven. Um, so we've got obviously Allison and Goal. Uh, back four: Trent, Robbo, uh, Van Dijk, Matter. Okay. Uh, I've gone for the three. I've gone for the front three. The front three that we'd expect. Midfield: I've gone Fabinho, Henderson, Keita. Um and I think I think I think Fabinho starts regardless. Uh-huh. Um, I think you look to given playing, given given his fitness and given the game obviously against Porto. I think you look to maybe give Ronaldo a rest if you can, mm-hmm. um, and you, you look to keep moving with the the Keita, Henderson. You know, form. I think they both both you know pick up a bit of form, and you know as we've just said, maybe look to just put the foot on Cardiff. You know, put, t- turn up, turn up, turn the screw on them really early. Just just get a few goals, and then you can maybe look to look some make maybe some changes. Yeah, absolutely. Bailey, I think you've gone for exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, same same reasons. I think the thing that Henderson and Cater offer is a this new reformed Henderson is sort of a Henderson people aren't used to. They're not used to do it, and nobody's really seen enough of Navi Cater. So yeah. for for as much as you want near Warnock, want to shut things down, 
there's no way you can teach, you can coach his players into saying this is what Kate is going to offer because he's just he's, he's an amalgam, isn't he? I think it's so important, isn't it? Because there's no, I can't, the card if they're not going to come out, go now in this. No, they're not going to. They're going to play one up front. It might be Umani Ass. That might be a problem because, like, <laughs> he has seems to have this mad hoodoo as players do sometimes against Liverpool. Um, they're going to park the bus to the best of their ability, and you need lads who can support the attack in that regard. We're going to need to be able to keep it tight at the back, you know, and to, 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 to guard against any moments of stupidity. But getting bodies to open to support the, the 4 3 that's how we're going to break things down. We did it really well when we shift, shifted to 4 2 3 1 earlier mm. on the season. We were grinding out wins in these type of games. It's still a possibility, but I think you're right. I think the Cater and the Henderson stuff. They allow us to make it a five if we want to get one of the fullbacks up. Yeah. It's a six. It's sevens if we really want to turn the screw. Yeah, and it, it, it's a nice, it's a really nice, exciting way to end the season because we're seeing two players that could be sort of the future of the midfield. Whether we add uh, names next year and whether Oxley Chamberlain comes straight back in now, it, it'll be an interesting, interesting debate. But it's that point of if you've got Fabinho in there, as much as we touted Gino Alam as being that standalone six, he has looked tired as of, as of late, and Fabinho's looked brilliant since he's since he's gotten settled in. But it's that ability to it harks back to Everton and Manchester United for me when it was just that front three sat across the back line across two teams that really didn't want to play yeah. and we couldn't deal with it. Whereas yeah. now you've got Henderson and Cater constantly interplay with the fullbacks, interplay with Salah Romani on the wings and Bobby in the middle, like. It just looks too much of a handful for any team that we play. Yeah, I agree. Ross, your team then, um, mm. you're, you're the only one who's made a slight change here. So impressed were you with Joe Gomez's cameo? Yeah, a couple of reasons. Him. One, more work for Tom, and two, to drive some more conversation. <laughs> two, to drive some more conversation in the build-up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, do you know what? You easily, you put Matip in there. You know, you, you three have. He's, I think he's been solid. He's been consistent for his first time in his Liverpool career. Um, he's improved in, in parts of his game where I thought he was weak. You know, well, strength, funnily enough, and header challenges, defensive mm. challenges. You know, standing up to a man, the pace, decision making. He's he's improved on everything. I think he's been brilliant. But you know, I think you can afford to give him a rest in this occasion. You, you got you got a squad for a reason. Yeah. Joe Gomez has been out for a long time. He's he got a run out at Porto. Start him again. Play play Matip at Huddersfield if you have to. I suppose it makes sense in that regard that you know we I we I think we all reckon Lovren probably would have started Porto away because he started Porto yeah. at home, which yeah. means that Matip was scheduled to have a, maybe have yeah. a game off. So is it, I mean, look, having got him that little that little cameo spell, I don't think anyone, no one, no one's got complaints of Joe Gomez no. that starting this game at all. Coming in to play Porto even off the bench is is a with all due respect to Cardiff is a much bigger challenge than coming in to play Cardiff. So you know, but you, equally, yeah, I put him at right back and leave Matip in there, give Trent a rest because yeah. Gomez came on at right back eventually, didn't he? And then you know he he looked sharp, looked really good. You yeah. know, okay, the Porto team were defeated by the time that he, he came on and running the ground, but. You know, he's still, he's still, My only feeling with that is that, though, I think you need Trent for this game. I agree, yeah. and, and I want to see Gomez and Van Dijk together again. Mm -hmm. Like that partnership was had the making of being sort of well breaking at the start of the season. Those first eight nine games were unbelievable. Like yeah. we, we were seeing Joe Gomez reach a level that we'd never seen from him before. Sometimes surpassing that Van Dijk sort of ceiling, and like this guy could go on to be as good, if not better, than Van Dijk. And it's, I'd love to see that rapport again. So mm -hmm. just, just, just see if, if they can. Because that's the making of a true centre half partnership. Is if, if you can just if you can have time out, slot back in as if nothing's like changed. As if you've yeah. not had four months off. Yeah. So I'd love to see him in the centre. Yeah, I agree. I think this is you know there's not too many opportunities left. Yeah. If we if we if it depends what we see him. If we see him as the best as our second best centre half, then we're going to need to get him into to form because you know we're, we're you know we can't help it. But we're counting down to the Barcelona game, and then I'm thinking, Joe Matip's been 
really good. I think, you know, I think he would, if he got his place, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. But if you can get back to Joe Gomez and Van Dyke, as you say, at the mm. partnership that they were in the start of the season when they looked impeccable, would we be more? Would we feel more secure going into Barcelona, knowing that you've got those two at the back? I mean, oh, I would, yeah, yeah, quite, quite, yeah. quite you possible. Would, and you'd always think of it as well as Jurgen loves throwing a third centre half on when we're heading games, so mm. having that option to. Have those two start maybe and put Matt upon. Mm. It's your yeah, game of possibility. Um, rival fixtures, there is only one. Um, City versus Spurs, 12.30 kickoff on the Saturday. Bailey, the eyes of the footballing world are going to be glaring down on Manchester City. They're going to be judging Pep Guardiola and whether he's got his cardio on or not. Um, <laughs> they're going to be looking at like every bead of sweat running down Aguero and Sterling's little faces. Yep. And, and I think... Waiting to see if they crack under the pressure. This is going to be huge. Like, if you're not, I know if you're a Liverpool fan and you guys were saying yesterday, like, I'm, I'm probably going to give that a miss. Like, there's, I'm, there's no chance I can because this is, this is. You could say, you could argue yesterday was sort of like the, the end of sort of Man City's push for being a big club this season. You know, they, it was always touted as if they win the Champions League, that's it. They've put their name in the sand as being internationally established. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't throw away sort of them as a club anymore. This to me is going to be a similar scenario like can you deal with the biggest pressure you're probably going to have this season you're at the competition now you've got the FA Cup final in the bag you know if, if, if you're a betting man and then you look at that and say you should be on for the Premier League here you know you've, you've, you've got the team that's so far and away you've just come off the back of a defeat you should be angry mm. but then it, it, equally it could be a case of if you're not man enough and you're scared of a team that's just scored three pass and knocked you out of the competition you want to win so badly if they crumble, then that's it's going to be huge. I think it's worth my my only issue with this John and this this notion of, of watching it. And look, if, if I'm in a situation to watch it, I'll probably I'll probably will put it on. But I'm not gonna not gonna build me day around watching it in any shape because if we, the the only thing that can come with that is we hear the full time results and we hear that Spurs have taken something and we and we get mm. well and that's good and we'll feel better about that. The alternative is you'll have to watch it and you have to watch them maybe, you know, dog it out and 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 and, and, and come out stronger as a result of, of getting that. My my thinking on this is that I know people are already writing that Man United game off because everyone now thinks Man United are shit because that's the way that the way it goes. Yeah, they are. They it's are. still true enough, but I, I, I still think there's that I still think that that's that's another one because they're gonna have a massive thing to prove and they'll be a, yeah. they'll be mm. more physically fitter and in a better condition for that, of course. And I still think they've got they've still got Burnley away, and I know Burnley will have nothing to play for at that point. But it's still and they play a day after us now as well. You know, so we've got all those things. I wouldn't. I don't think anyone, everyone, should put all their hope and stock in this. But this is this is what it is. It, this represents a very good chance for City to drop points. No, it does, and I think you know. I think we run the risk maybe of doing Spurs a disservice and saying you know, you know, oh, City's title to lose. Well, you know, Spurs, you know, top four for them is not. Guaranteed, yeah. I mean, they've definitely got one foot in being there next season. But you know, for them, you know, having that new stadium finally being there, getting to the semis for the first time, you know, all as, as important as that is for them this season. It's all for naught if they're not doing it again well, next Spurs year. Spurs are going to have to. The thing is, you drop, you, you historically drop more points around your semi-finals because you've got to put so much into that. We saw it. We played Everton, didn't we? I think mm-hmm. around around the, yeah. around those times. Um, you play, you've got, you can't take. Your focus. I wonder whether there's something in Spurs' mindset that says we're gonna have to give all our focus to the Ajax game from next week. So if we can just go and get those those three points now, could be absolutely massive. Get them on the board, and then we can turn our attentions to, to the, giving the semi final everything. No, I think I think that plays a big part in it, and I think again, I think 
we do, we do a disservice to Spurs to as as much as they've got a smaller squad than, than City have, we do a disservice them to say that they're not fit. Yeah. You know, and Chris Chris was uh, saying you know last week that actually came being off them might be a blessing in a sense of it means they can just play with pace up front, mm-hmm. which I think I think is an important point. Um, but you know they, they've just had a massive game against them, you know, and and absolutely run the legs off the pair of them. But I'd I'd put more money on Spurs recovering from that well because that's how they play football. You know what I mean? Yeah. City aren't used to City don't play well in the last fifteen of games. You know they they used to controlling possession from the off and just pinging the ball around and they can't really do that in this game now. They need yeah. to go out and get a result. They need to be front foot and that's when Spurs are you know are going to go the full distance in terms of the ninety, but also going to be good breaking them on the counter. So it's this is a good point. And they, they said when I was watching the game. Um, against whoever they played at the weekend in the Premier League. They were like, one of the commentators touted sort of, it's not heavy metal going home football like Jurgen Klopp, it's like keyhole surgery. Like mm-hmm. they, but they, you don't notice it, but they definitely make a mark. But even if you take, you know, your, your alliances aside away from this game and, and you say, right, City have got three points, just watch it for a game of football. Like that, yeah. That game of football yesterday, as we had it on five goals yeah, in the first half. From a neutral perspective, I mean, you can disagree, and you can promise that you're not going to get too downbeat about Liverpool's league chances if it doesn't go our way. Then it's going to be a hell of a game. Um, Ross, what do you think the Liverpool score is going to be at the weekend? Three 0 Ooh, go on, Bailey. Three one. Three 0 Three 0 Yeah. Uh, Two 0 2 0 to Liverpool. I'll take that. Let me know in the comments section underneath what you think the um, score prediction is going to be for that, what you think your start 11 is going to be, as well, or your preferred 11s moreover, maybe even what you think Jürgen's going to go with, uh, and also obviously the, the Spurs City game. And if you want to marvel around how fantastic this Liverpool side are, get over to the redbedtv.com. If you, if you want to go back and you want to talk about Porto and actually a significant amount about that City Spurs game as well, <laughs> on VAR, the final word show on the redbedtv.com, highly recommended. Chris has got a stats. Uh, a tactic show coming up this week where he looks into um, Mo Salah's goal amongst others I think um, from the Porto game so get involved in that on the YouTube channel make sure you buy your Liverpool home shirt if you do buy it buy it through our link which is in the comments underneath not the comments the description description <laughs> underneath I'm so close to getting out of here um, thank you very much for watching drop a like on the video all that good stuff and we'll see you very very soon Ta-da. a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.